0: It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here's your host, Inside Towers business editor, John Celentano. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. The Q3 issue is out now. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com slash intelligence. Uh, We have an interesting topic today. With all the wireless carriers in full 5G build-out mode, we're seeing lots of new equipment being added to towers with radios operating in multiple new frequency bands. Each frequency band requires its own antenna or is built into multi-band antennas and every new radio and antenna requires new fiber and power cables. All this equipment adds significantly to the tower load. And let's not forget many towers are still supporting 4G and in some markets, 3G equipment. In addition, small cells are being deployed to fill in macro tower coverage and fixed wireless access in suburban and rural areas. Each type of new construction brings a different set of challenges for placements and connections. And it takes a lot of material and labor that must be coordinated efficiently and cost-effectively. Here with me to talk about some of these deployment challenges and some novel solutions is Kat Brooks, Director of Mobility Network Engineering at Comscope. Kat, welcome to Tower
1: Talks. Thanks for having me, John.
0: Okay, tell us uh, a little bit about your group, what your group does at Comscope and um, where you you fit into the wireless infrastructure business.
1: Sure. So the Mobility Network Engineering team uh, is a technical sales and business development R&D type organization. So we work with all of the groups within Comscope as well as CTO and market groups across all of the carriers to get a very good understanding of what they're looking to do currently down the line and how we can create new products to make sure that we are supporting the carrier's needs uh, in the future and future-proofing to the best of our abilities to support uh, their longer-term plans as well. So from a how does ComScope fit in the telecom ecosystem we provide we like to say everything but the radio yeah. uh, essentially. <laughs> so we provide any and all infrastructure equipment that you need to build any type of tower whether it's a macro tower uh, mini macro, as some of the carriers call it, or small cell infrastructure.
0: So, I, I alluded to some of the challenges that the carriers are facing now. What, what are you seeing? What kind of trends in these uh, deployments are you seeing? And uh, what, what are some of the big issues uh, that are com- coming up?
1: This is actually really an interesting week to have this discussion. We've just AT and Verizon turn on their C band network mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. today, and mm-hmm. we've received the results of the DOD auction uh, for some of the 3.45 to 3.55 spectrum. And that really illustrates nicely what we've seen in the last few years uh, for the wireless industry. So the addition of frequencies based on the demand of capacity um, and the demand of capacity, not just from being able to connect perspective, but capacity that allows users to use a very large amount of data uh, in a very fast amount of time. So we're seeing an increase in uh, all of the frequencies being deployed, the acquisition of frequencies. Um, there was a lot of millimeter wave bought several years ago that's been deployed. We just saw C-band, DOD. There's some other spectrum that's being uh, talked about being cleared to be used for cellular as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as a result the towers of the past of of the 3g 4g uh, using two three four frequencies per site uh, we're now seeing upwards of six plus frequencies per site Mm -hmm. Uh, and that really drives a lot more equipment Um, so not only do you need a radio for each Frequency that the OEMs have done a nice job of consolidating. So they're doing some dual band radios. uh, And as a result, we've been uh, deploying multi port antennas. So instead of two ports per antenna like we did previously, we're up to um, eight, 10, 12, Hmm. 16 port antennas that support multiple frequencies Mm -hmm. um, to try to optimize carrier's ability to deploy as much frequency and the most efficient uh, from a space perspective on the tower, but also from a cost perspective, uh, way to get their frequencies out there faster and improve the customer's overall experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of the challenges that come with that uh, are very much tower related. So increase in in PIM, passive intermodulation between all of these Mm -hmm. frequencies being deployed as well as an increase in tower loading, an increase in power required to power all of the radios being deployed at each site.
0: Yeah. Are we able to economize somewhat cat, for instance, where you have multiband port antennas, uh, can some antennas that are existing come down and then that those frequencies be adapted or integrated into that, that can, that multiband unit.
1: Absolutely. So when we see the carriers add a technology, typically they'll go in and optimize what they have there. So they'll take down any antennas that maybe only do two frequencies or uh, if they are not capable of using RET remote electrical tilt or if they're mm-hmm. looking for a different um, bandwidth. So some of the carriers are going to a narrower beam width on their antennas to so really mm-hmm. focus their capacity and maybe go from three sectors to four sectors on a specific site to mm-hmm. better optimize their vertical infrastructure. Uh, They're able to recreate what efficiency is on a specific sector. And in doing that, a lot of times they need to reinforce the steel that's on the tower that's holding all of this equipment. Uh, So there's reinforcement kits that they can use, but there's in a lot of scenarios based on the TIA uh, guidelines being updated they're not to code anymore necessarily. So they'll have to swap out the sector frames. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've come a long way in sector frames in the last few years to be able to support all of this infrastructure and optimize it uh, from a loading perspective so that the sector frame itself is adding as little as possible additional loading Mm -hmm. to the tower uh, so that you really gain as much, loading from all of the equipment as possible to maximize that uh, efficiency, but also where we're placing the equipment on each Mm -hmm. sector frame. Uh, It also depends on which type of tower is being used. So there are a lot of factors that go into optimizing all of the sector frames for each specific site type uh, and carrier have each each of the carriers have um, some different, goals that they're trying to accomplish and what their requirements are to minimize the impact of that sector to the tower, but also giving the carrier the most amount of open um, loading, if you will, so they can add additional equipment down the line without having to uh, go back and replace what they've already put up.
0: Are you able to defer or maybe eliminate uh, any modifications to the tower by using some of these frameworks and and designs you're talking about?
1: That's the goal. So that the typical uh, steps to how a tower gets modified is obviously modifying the tower is um, the last thing anyone wants to do. It's time consuming and expensive. So it will start with potentially taking down or consolidating antennas and equipment that is uh, existing Mm -hmm. using some antennas that are uh, maybe their form factor has a better uh, wind load. So it will roll off uh, better, it's not necessarily as square, so it it would um, not impact your EPA in as negatively as some other options. Um, and then from there it goes to where are you putting your, your radios on the tower? If they're closer into the tower, uh, there's a little bit less loading associated with that. plus you get some, some benefits from uh, moving it away from the antenna from a pin, persp- pin excuse me perspective in some cases. So they'll, they'll play with where they put it on the tower, how it's mounted. Uh, is it mounted behind? another antenna so that it kind of uh, counts as less EPA because you're not adding it um, side by side, you're Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. stacking it behind each other. And then from there it would move towards, uh, is there a kit that can be used? So um, like reinforcement Mm -hmm. legs that will help these uh, sector frame support the additional equipment without having to drop and swap as they like to say, pull the whole sector frame down to put a new one up. So that would be the next. And then from there, if if the tower is not structurally able to support all of the additional weight, you'd have to modify or, or swap the tower. So hopefully in the broad portfolio of options, we have a cost effective one uh, that does not require all of the dropping and swapping uh, of equipment and downtime and additional expenses associated sure. with that.
0: Sure. I was going to say that, that time is of the essence in these deployments. So the, the more efficient you can make the, uh, the movement of that gear, I think the, uh, the better from uh, both a, a labor time aspect and cost,
1: right? Oh, definitely. We uh, have some of our product managers and sales teams in our offices try to assemble Um, a lot of our equipment to ensure that once it gets to the field, it is Mm -hmm. in fact easy to install. uh, Not just easy for the people who designed it, because obviously they know how it goes together, but easy for somebody who just takes it out of the box and follows the instructions because to your point, time is money. Um, And we're trying to make these as easy uh, and efficient as possible from a loading and RF perspective, but also from an installation perspective.
0: Give us a couple examples of some of the, the actual products you've developed to address these needs. You mentioned this, would you call it a sector frame? Yes. Okay. Is is that a product uh, or?
1: A sector frame is a, a, um, a subset of, of a bunch of products. So it is um, typically you'll have three sector frames per tower. So each uh, sector that that is pointing in a specific direction needs to be mounted to something. Um, If it's on a tower, it's usually a a triangular shaped where it's flat on the front and then comes back at an angle to the tower. Mm -hmm. And those will support the equipment. Uh, There's different versions. If you're mounting on a rooftop, for example, it looks a little bit more like a, um, they call it a sled. So it'll have a big base and it stands up more like an L shape a perpendicular 90 degree angle type installation. Um, So we have a variety of these products in our steel portfolio uh, to support all of the carrier's different requirements from, again, wherever they're trying to mount it, whether it's a rooftop or the side of a building, monopoles, self-support towers, Mm -hmm. each of those has a different way that the sector frame would mount to the tower and each are going to have different loading um, variables. Um, we want the carriers to be able to have as much structural capacity for their equipment, uh, not necessarily what holds it onto the tower, taking away from their ability right. to add additional equipment and, and deploy their networks.
0: Gotcha. Um, cables is a big part of all this, fiber and power cables. Um uh, there's been a lot of innovation along those lines to consolidate them, uh, uh, make them more adaptable to the particular installation. Um, I, I know Comscope is, has got a line of those types of products as well.
1: We do, um, our hybrid fiber uh, is both power and fiber combined into um, a, a trunk cable. Uh, some of the carriers still prefer it separately, so we carry both of those. Uh, and we also have modified uh, the way that we mount them to the tower. We have a whole line of PIM guard products. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're PIM-friendly polymer accessories that will allow you to easily um, attach all of them to the tower, uh, depending on the different diameters of your cable. And mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. snap together to make again the installation faster and easier. Uh, but they're also not adding a lot of weight to the tower and they're not adding any sources of uh, passive intermod interference there. So uh, trying to optimize performance at the top of the tower any way possible. We also have power shift, which uh, it goes at the base of the tower in your cabinet. So it's used with um, your power cable. So whether that's separate or in your hybrid cable. Uh, so Maintaining the power level at the top of the tower allows the carriers to have better performance out of their radios. It also allows them to maintain, if it's backed up by batteries, their site for a longer uh, period of time should they have a power outage. So that's what we're seeing in a lot of cases with uh, the addition of C-band. It requires the radios draw more power and it requires Mm. a DC boost to ensure that you maintain that at the top of the tower as well. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of modifications to the top of the tower, but also the power, power cables that feed those radios, whether you need a larger gauge cable uh, for more copper to allow the current mm-hmm. to go up the tower, uh, and then modifications to the power system and some of the base equipment as well, uh, modifying power systems in the cabinets.
0: Yeah, you know, nothing works without the powers, and that's always the, <laughs> always the last thing to, to, to be considered. It seems, but uh, no, that that's interesting. Um, uh, are there any concerns regarding the you know, products in the supply chain? I mean, uh, are are we sort of at a level that we're able to perform uh, pretty much on schedule, or are you are you noticing any any delays or shortages? Um, Uh, Not just from your perspective, but you know, in Mm -hmm. general, across the uh, supply chain.
1: I think across the supply chain, all of the industries globally have been impacted. Um, It seems to ebb and flow, uh, depending on what specific component is having a shortage at any given time. Uh Um, You may have, you know, maybe this week your radios are a little bit slower, and those are backlogged, and the next week some of your power components or or maybe copper is more expensive, so everybody's trying to find a better source mm-hmm. um, or more suppliers mm-hmm, that can mm-hmm. keep their price point. Because we don't we don't want to charge the carriers more, right? Because we're all in this together, right. uh, and it's a partnership between all of the suppliers and and the carriers. Um, it, it just happens to be a side effect of of COVID currently, so. From a Comscope perspective, we have a global supply chain, so we're able to utilize a vast network of suppliers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, globally, depending on what we're running into specifically, and also utilizing various manufacturing facilities, depending on, um, you know, unfortunately, does a plant have a large outbreak of COVID? And if so, Mm. can another plant pick up for it? Um, So some of the larger companies, Comscope included, has been able to balance the loads um, for manufacturing that way. And it's mm-hmm. been a little bit less of an impact um, than some of the smaller mm-hmm. suppliers who are, are not as uh, globally robust.
0: Yep, I got you. This is good. Um, I, I appreciate your, your insights on here. Um, any, any thoughts or concluding remarks you'd like to leave with us?
1: Sure. Uh, a lot of what we've spoken about can be found at Nate. We will be participating. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll, you can find us in booth 439.
0: 439. Four,
1: okay. 439, yes. Meet some of our industry uh-huh. experts and uh, talk about products on display or any other uh-huh. questions you have. Uh, everything else can be found on comscope.com uh, or if uh, you'd like to reach out and ask questions directly, my email is kathleen.brooks at comscope.com. Be happy to to chat and help any way I can.
0: I'm sure you may get some questions out of this. Uh, you know, this is an ongoing issue and we're in a high cycle of uh, deployment and, um, you know, you're in a good position to supply the, the parts and pieces that make it all work.
1: It's a, never a dull moment. We're having yeah, a lot yeah. of fun along the way.
0: Yep, yeah, very good. Well, look, we appreciate your time and, uh, and and thank you for an interesting and informative conversation.
1: Thank you for having me, John. Appreciate it.
0: And thanks to everyone for listening in. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.